Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. You can be seated here, and wow, there is... uh energy, fire. You're fired up to be here, aren't you? Man, I don't know what's going on at your campus or or 12 Stone home or online community, wherever you are, but man, we are glad you're In fact, tell your neighbor right now, just look over at somebody, wherever you are, look over and say, I'm glad you're here. Tell them. I'm glad you're here. And then tell them again, and you're going to be glad you're here. Just tell them that, because maybe you don't know. You're going to be glad you're here. Welcome to 12 Stone we're in the summer series in the book of James. We're, we're talking about relationships. Listen, they are the source of life's great joys and life's great sorrows, aren't they? And God longs, our Heavenly Father longs, our Lord Jesus longs, the Holy Spirit of the living God longs for us to have full and fulfilling relationships. But there's conflict. There's what? Oh, yeah, conflict. (laughs) We're going to talk about conflict the next couple of weeks. Part one and part two on conflict. But today, today is a warning. Today is a what, everybody? Warning. Tell your neighbor if they're not listening. What is today about? Warning. Some of you are going to have a seizure. (laughs) Warning. In the last couple of weeks, I, uh, for several days, traveled up the Blue Ridge Parkway with some friends. It's my 27th year with some guys on a guy's trip. And on this trip, one of our favorite places to stay is Pisgah Inn. Now, it's not this amazing place in terms of the, the hotel itself. In fact, you, when you walk up to the hotel, here's a picture. When you walk up, it's just this double stack, kind of plain, Jane, no, no big deal, cool. Walking from the parking lot to the hotel room, no big deal. But when you walk through your room and you step out and you look like off your little mini deck, you get this view. And this view of the Blue Ridge Mountains, oh my. So it's gorgeous. We love it. Now, as we were setting up and I was getting my room, uh, another guest interrupted me. And she said, warning, warning, there is a black bear roaming. And I'm like, I've been up here 27 years. I've never seen a black bear. And then I answered her with a casual cavalierness that was almost like she said, there is a kitty running around. <laughs> It's so cute. And I said, oh, good. I hope there's a black bear. I hope we see one. Hope he comes over. Like to see one. It wasn't long after. I was in the parking lot, headed to my room, and, and, and I was arrested by a black bear walking between the buildings toward me. Now, I don't know how you've picked the size, 250, 354. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask. I didn't weigh it in. <laughs> Here's what I knew. There was nothing between the bear and me. That's the problem. There was no cage. There was no fence. He was just walking toward me. He's over here about 15 yards away. 
my hotel room is there. It's like this little triangle. And I want to tell you I was cool. I was cavalier. I was like, get my camera out. Let's take some photos. How about me and you selfie this thing? <laughs> but I had a rush of adrenaline run through my body and in a, a, a moment of panic. And I said, what am I, what am I, what, 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 what am I supposed to do? Don't run. I've been taught. How many have been taught? Don't run. Man, don't run. Don't run. You become prey. The bear knows when you run your prey. He runs. I lost all self-control. And I ran like a scared child to my room. Dear God, help me make it to the room. I did. I'm sorry. I ran. The man before you. I got to my room. I got in. And I calmed down. I'm like, okay, I'm cool again. I'm cool. No big deal. It's just a bear. So I waited until the bear walked by the room, and then I opened the door and, and, and took a little video of it for your entertainment. I just want you to know that it really did happen. It's not that far from me. This isn't great video because I had to make sure I had my foot in the door. I didn't want the door to lock because I didn't have my key. So the bear is just coming right up to the hotel rooms. Like what on earth? Warning, warning. That evening, about 10, 30, 11, I'm laying in bed, and it's, it's, it's warm in those rooms. They don't have any AC. But that's not a problem because you have the cool breeze of the mountain air that blows through your windows. But if it's not enough, mostly, each year what I do is I open the front door and the back door. <laughs> I'm not even there yet. <laughs> don't get ahead of me. I'm going somewhere. So it's too warm. So I do what I've always done. I open the front door and the back door. And I'm laying there in the dark so the bugs don't get through. And I'm just reflecting on the day. And then I have a moment as I'm reflecting on the day. Bear. Bear. And then I have another moment. What if the bear's out there? Again, it's at night. And they said, and don't, don't let food be in your vehicle or on your vehicle, whatever, because that's what the bear's looking for. I got food in my room. And that, how many of you know you have an overactive imagination in the dark? Like, how many of you ever experienced that? And I'm like, oh, calm down. This is ridiculous. There ain't no bear out there. But what if there is? Your door is open. It's like, come in for dinner. <sighs> Finally, I just get over myself. I'm all alone. I get up and just go, look. So I walk to my door and I look out. I don't have to make this up. 20 feet in front of my door is the bear. <laughs> I promise you. Got the door, shut it, double locked it, went to bed and didn't sleep for a couple hours. I'm like, what am I? Am I the dumb guy in the script? I'm the dumb guy in the script in the movie that says, I know what I'll do. I saw a bear earlier. How about if I open the door for dinner? I'm like, I, there are so many dumb people in this world. I just joined them. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I don't know. Warning, warning. Now, some of you are thinking, hey, black bears, you know, they're docile. They're, listen, I looked it up. 69 times black bears have taken people down, mold them. Now, this is not an entertainment section next. One true story. Darsh, 
What's the guy's name? Patel, Darsh Patel, 22 years old. Him and four other guys go hiking. They're coming up to the National Preserve, and a man and a woman are coming out of the trail, and they say, warning, what do they say? War couldn't hear you, what? Warning. warning, let me hear it again with some passion. What is it? Warning. warning, don't go in there, there's a black bear. Turn around, don't do this. Don't go down that trail, don't go in these woods. And they do. They just dismiss the warning. Find the bear, 100 feet away, take pictures, turn around, start walking out. Bear decides that was interesting. I don't want selfies with you. Pretty soon they're jogging, so is the bear. Pretty soon they're running, so is the bear. Took him two hours to find his body. Mauled and killed by the bear. You see, it's a dangerous thing to treat a real bear like a teddy bear. Life and death was in the warning. And with that, I want you to look at scripture. Here's what Proverbs tells us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, warning, your words matter. Your relationships are on the line. The words you say have huge impact in your life and relationships. Look at the message version of it. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. But be very aware, this casual stuff, and here's how we'll often say it, like, oh, 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 I just, I just, it was just words, I just said something, I, what's the big deal, it's just words, right? I mean, it's just words that I said to my spouse, it's just words I said to my kids, it's just words I said to my parent, it's just words I said to my boss, it's just words I said to my neighbor, it's just, it's just words I said to that person in my smile, just what's words? Just words? No, there's life and death. Listen, words have the power to bless others. Listen, or like a bear, tear them down. Right? Your words. You can bless others, or like a bear, you can tear them down. That's what words do. So James, the brother of Jesus, interrupts us and gives us a warning. Don't go in the woods of those words. That's a real bear with real teeth, with real claws. You're at real risk. Your words matter. Look at what James wrote. Warning, your words matter. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless, look, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that, can do damage, can destroy a relationship, undo your very life. It is not harmless. This is no harmless teddy bear. Careless words are costly. Look at the rest of what he wrote. 
The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. We get the warning. And then, what do we do? Cuddle up to careless words? Like it's a... Go with me. Like it's a teddy bear? Yeah, you know I'm going to do this. This is a great image. I, I had a picture taken of myself and laughed. I said, I'm doing this. Because we just cuddle right up to careless words. Like it's a teddy bear instead of a real bear. Let, let, let's put some examples up here. Do, do you cuddle up to careless words? Critical words? Cutting words? Like when you're talking with your spouse and your kids or family, do you point out more what's wrong or mostly what's right? What words do you use most often if you had a video of how you interact with people? Are you more critical? Or do you mostly encourage? Are your words devaluing or adding value? What are you cuddling up to? Are you like that paper cut guy or gal? Always just a little cut, little cut. People walk away from you and they're like, man. What are you cuddling up to? How about slander and gossip? I'll cuddle right up to that. Hey, hey, did you hear? No, yeah. You think so? I think so. You know what I think they? No, that's what I heard. I don't know. I'm not spreading gossip. I'm just saying it's what I heard. Why are we drawn to talking about people with things that are none of our business? Dirt. And we act like this is harmless? Little teddy bear conversations? When we're cuddling up to evil? Praying for God to make our relationships work while we cuddle up to evil. Angry venting. Ah, venting my anger. I'm just telling it like it is. You make me mad. (sighs) Cuddle right up. Makes me feel better. Doesn't it? When you vomit your anger on other people. Have you ever noticed like when you get an upset stomach and you vomit, you feel better? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know it's disgusting. The thought of it is. You know, when you do that emotionally, you feel better, but nobody else does. And then you walk away and you think it's over. It ain't over. You left a vomiting, stinking mess on other people. They don't forget this. I know because I grew up in it. That was my dad's MO. That's what helped blow up their marriage. I hated that life. I lived in that. Despised my teenage years during the divorce and all the ugliness that followed. 
What's wrong with my dad? Oh, he wouldn't do it anywhere else. Wouldn't do it at church. Wouldn't do it at work. Just at home. Cuddle right up. Then I got married. I got all this anger stuff inside. And I discovered that Marsha makes me mad. Her fault, by the way. All she had to do is understand, do what I wanted, listen to me, build the world around me. Is that too much to ask? And I'm cuddling right up to venting anger. Then I'm blaming my dad. Until that time when the Holy Spirit said early on in marriage, um, this isn't your dad, this is you. What are you cuddling up to? How about breaking your word? I mean, when you say yes, it's a contract. When you say no, it's a contract. All the more when you sign one. When you break your contract, when you break your word, I mean, you are watering down the gospel. That isn't Christ. But when it gets hard and it's your turn to pay your side of the contract, you honor your word, do you keep finding ways to get out from under it? Excuse yourself. What are you cuddling up to? Sometimes we're so casual with careless words. We're cuddling up to evil and then wondering what's wrong in relationships. One author wrote about loss and relationships. Let me just read it. Take it to heart. Criticism and harshness cost him affection. Exaggerations and misstating cost him trust. Complaining and whining cost him influence. Arrogance and disrespect of authority cost him promotions. Backbiting and tail-bearing cost him respect. Foolishness and jesting cost him honor. Repeated unkept promises made him a liar. And so by his own hand, he and his relationships were ruined. This is no teddy bear. This is a real bear. Real bear. With real teeth. With real claws. That does real damage. And James says warning. In 12 verses. He gives us a warning. God's love for us. Get a hold of your tongue. Manage your mouth. It is so practical that I almost don't need to teach it. We just need to read it, and it's worth the full read. So let's look at it in all its fullness. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We, we, say that with me, what? We, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. You'll notice he says we a couple of times. First of all, he's a teacher, and then he says we all stumble. He, look, he's not excluding or excusing himself, and don't you either. I, I know how often we sit here and we think, oh, I know who needs to be here for this. Hope my spouse is listening. So tell your neighbor, because you might miss it, wherever you are. 12 Stone Home, online community, one of the camps is right here. Just look over at someone and do it graciously. This is for you too. Go ahead and tell them, this is for you too. 
This is for you to, don't do it so pointedly. That's enough. You took it far enough. Scripture goes on. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Horses, ships, forest fires. Just understand Horses, put a bridle in their mouth. And listen, if you can bridle the mouth, if you can discipline the mouth, you can discipline the whole body. There's a clue. You want to discipline your life? Discipline your mouth. A ship, a little rudder, huge ship. It steers its course. And that very course can be shipwrecked by a little rudder that's poorly piloted. A forest fire, just a little spark. You know, the largest, most damaging wildfire in California that came about by the hand of a human being from just one little mistake of a spark, one spark, took down 460,000 acres, 280 structures. And loss of life. When you get done cuddling up to careless words, it's not over. You often just started a fire. No wonder years later your relationships are strained. Because that fire has continued to burn. In fact, we often set fires in other places that eventually take down our own homes. He goes on. Are we having fun yet? Isn't this scripture amazing? Isn't it just encouraging? Don't you just want to say, do this again and again? Let me get more of this. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. That's encouraging. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison with the tongue. We praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear frigs, uh, figs, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Wow. No human being can tame their tongue. Well, that's discouraging. Hey, good news. It's going to kill you and nothing you can do about it. Well, you can't tame your tongue, but God can God can. That, that, the whole point underneath James' writing is God has transformed me. He can transform you. Let me give you three prayers. You might want to jot them down, take a picture of them, whatever. Get this set in your soul. Three prayers to tame the tongue. Jesus, 
be Lord of my life. Let me give you three good prayers. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Number two, Jesus, be Lord of what gets in my mind. Be Lord of what gets in my mind because what gets in me affects me and tends to come out. And then Jesus, be Lord of what comes out of my mouth. Be Lord of what comes out of my mouth. Let's, let's just, we got just a few minutes in each. Jesus, be Lord of my life. The good news is while you can't tame your tongue, God can. We're broken people, sinners from the inside out, get it. But by the grace of God, he can transform us from the inside out. He makes us new creations. Let me illustrate. I was talking to Jack. A couple weeks ago, Jack and I got on the phone. I got to hear a story as a sophomore in college. Jack, by his own sharing of his story, said I was too distracted with sports to really care about matters of faith in my teenage years. My high school heavy into football, baseball. Then started dating Jaden. I won't embarrass Jaden Steele, who's sitting here. She's a 12 stoner and somewhere along the line said, well, if we're going to date, I'd like you to go to church with me. Here's how Jack said it to me. He said, happy wife, happy life. I mean, not that he's married, but he already has figured it out. She's in charge. Good job. You can date longer. <laughs> Might come to something. Who knows? So he started coming. He said, and I brought my doubts with me, but I was discovering this thing about Jesus and the gospel and working through my doubts and never fully settled this thing of following Jesus and off to college and thinking like everyone else in college that, hey, you can just kind of dismiss it for four years and then maybe pick up faith matters later. But, but while he was there moving into fraternity and by his own admission, man, there is huge temptation in college, huge temptation in fraternities, real stuff, stuff that can really undo your life. I mean, you, nobody's escaping the weight of temptation as you move into adulthood. He said, eventually I ended up in a conversation with someone who knew Jesus and they sat over lunch and explained what I've heard here from scripture. Man, I was created by God, in the image of God, my identity is in him, sin separates me from God. I'm in desperate need for him, but Jesus in his love didn't leave heaven and come to earth to condemn me, but to restore me. So he dies on the, cry, on the cross voluntarily to cover my sin debt, to pay it for me, rises from the dead to new life so that I could be forgiven of my sin, restored to God, and have eternal life beyond God's purpose forever in here. Yea, God. And the guy said, do you want to know Jesus? Is it time to be spiritually reborn? He said, I, I think it is. He said, God helping me break through my doubts. I said, yes to Jesus. I've been reading God's word through this past year and not invited to disciple others in the fraternity. And he and I were chatting on the phone. He said, I would like to be baptized at my home church because I want to say to all the 12 stone, you are not wasting your time when you're pouring in to teenagers who have a lot of doubts. So 12 stone. Let's celebrate Jack. Jack, come on up here, man. We want to celebrate you, brother. We want to be a part of this great moment. This is so good. Yeah, you could have brought the shoes right in. That would have been fine, brother. Come on up in here. By the way, one of the things Jack shared with me is he said, you know, now God has me encouraging uh, others and discipling in uh, my fraternity. And here, here was your quote, man. When you said this to me, Jack, it just, it just set a fire in me for you, for good, for God. He said, man, if I could just get um, one of my fraternity brothers to come to faith in Jesus, it'd be worth it all. That's my prayer. And we'll pray that with him, won't we? So two questions for you. 
you trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Yes. And you commit to follow him all the days of your life. Yes. Based on your profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So if you don't know Jesus, and I know many of you listening in are spiritually unresolved, many of you here have doubts, many of you are traveling through your own faith journey. First and best prayer you can ever have is Jesus be the Lord of my life. And when he is, there's the next prayer. The next prayer is Jesus be Lord of what gets in my mind. Jesus be Lord of what gets in my mind. Let's see if we can have this conversation. Let's risk a little bit. Part of what's broken our culture, and I'm going to stay a little close to my notes right now. Part of what's broken our culture is that we've lost the ability to have mutual, respectful conversations. Can't have conversations anymore. Can't talk. So much is taboo. Huh. Further, when you oppress people into pretending that something is true when it is not true, when you oppress people into pretending that something is true that is not true, and then you suppress all conversation about it, you drive anger deep, and what comes out is ugly. So a commentary, if you will, on our present day. Our culture is in a values war. I think we all kind of get that. I get that. We all have different values. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I have a biblical view of creation. I believe I was created by God and that we all were created in the image of God, created for God, with God, with a God-sized purpose. I have a biblical view of identity. I have a biblical view of marriage, of gender, of, of family. I have a biblical view of morals and ethics and money and work and life and relationships. A biblical view of loving God and love others and that defined by God, not by the way the world twists it. I'm restored to God through Jesus. I don't have my own righteousness. I don't elevate myself. I'm not like, ooh, I'm, I'm somebody. No, I'm in the same troubled world as everyone else facing the same temptations except for the kindness and the mercy and the grace of Jesus. And I follow him. Now, I know I live in a world of other people with other beliefs. I know there are atheists. And some of you listening, you're among that crowd. You're like, man, I don't believe that stuff. You have a non-biblical view of how we got here. There is no God to you. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, we're just here, an accident of evolution. Therefore, you have a non-biblical view of identity, of gender, of marriage, of family, of relationships, of morals, of values. I, I get it. We're all the same values. We are in a values war. And yet, we're all aware we're on the same planet, Right? breathe the same air, some of us are in the same country, some of us drive the same roads, some of us share the same constitution. 
And we have to operate in the same world. You got to have mutually respectful conversation to operate in the same place with different values. We are in a values war. By the way, this is not unusual. This is what Jesus had to do. He left heaven, came to earth, and God himself lived among atheists. Hello. Now, how you do that matters. So I listen to conversations that do not share my values. On this trip up the Blue Ridge Parkway, I was listening to a podcast of a couple of self-professing atheists, and they were practically mocking the Bible and Christianity. Cannot comprehend how people like me believe what I believe. I get that. I, I know I live in that world. I wasn't offended, by the way. I, they don't believe what I believe. I'm not offended. It's not hate speech when somebody doesn't believe what I believe. They can have a perspective and a conversation. If every time somebody disagrees with you, it's hate speech, you're going to shut down all conversation and erupt into wars that destroy us all. That's not civility. That's civil war. We got to be able to have conversations. We know we live in a world of differences. So I'm listening to other people who have completely different views than I do. What was interesting is as these two atheists were talking, what surprised me is that they shared something that I happen to agree with, that culture is oppressing people into believing things that are not true, to pretend that things are true that are actually a lie, and then huh, suppressing so you can't have a conversation and it's killing us. So let me quote what one of the atheists said. And by the way, this podcast was from four years ago that it was recorded, that was pre-pandemic. The media announced two men. This is what he said. I bothered later to write it all down. The media announced two men in America and Brit were now a couple having a baby. They showed the ultrasound. Then he said, well, I'm gay and I don't think I'm homophobic, but I looked at this and asked how. I know there has to be a woman involved at some point. We know this, but the story is set up to get someone to say, isn't there a woman involved because two men can't make a baby? So that way they can say, aha, bigot, sexist, homophobe. And of course, somebody did. The Daily Mail said, come on, two guys is not the new normal. And then everyone piled on them for it. And all these advertisers withdrew. Now, listen, he went on. Think about it. Until the day before yesterday, it was literally possible to say, I don't think two guys can make a child. And that was okay. And it's not okay today. So what will not be okay tomorrow to talk about? Well, it's been four years and we know. Then he added, why are we being told lies and expected to go along with them? See, the new norm is oppress people into pretending things are true that are not true and then suppress conversation and it's killing us. My two cents, do with it what you want. Engage conversation. We have got to be able to have conversations. We got to be able to have conversations. There can't be taboo subjects. We got to be able to dialogue. We live in a world of of differing values. And if you can't have the conversation, then you push anger deep and division up and words that are so destructive. 
Whoever's willing to listen, don't suppress conversations. Have it. Keep listening. Keep listening. And then don't let the lies into your mind. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, do not let the lies into your mind. Well, I live in a world of lies. Me too. You don't have to let it in your mind. It, listen, it'll get in your ears. It doesn't have to get in your mind. Don't buy, don't buy what the world is selling. It's not true. Jesus, be Lord of what gets in my mind. Because listen, most of us can't contain our tongue because of what we let get in our mind. Stand with God's truth. However, how you stand for truth, ah, ah, how you stand for truth matters. How you say it matters. The warning is your words matter. And there, there might be a better way than praise God on Sunday and curse people on Monday. There might be a better way. What if, so let me just try something. What if, what if we would just be as tough as a grizzly bear when it comes to the truth and as tender as a teddy bear when you talk about the truth? Come on, are you, are you getting it yet? I'll read it again. It might take you a while. Be as tough as a grizzly bear when it comes to the truth and as tender as a teddy bear when you talk about the truth. If you need a translation, it means this. Be tough with truth and tender with people. You can talk about the truth without destroying people because they were made in the image of God and they matter to God. And when, as Christians, we run around this world and we say, I'm just telling the truth. Hang on. Yeah, you might be. But if you tell the truth of God in a way that is not the heart of God, eventually God's saying, that's not me. <laughs> See, your words matter. And there's a whole complexity in this conversation we just jumped into that is usually avoided because we can't have this conversation. And if we can't have this conversation, how are we going to grow up in Christ? Yeah, we got to get the right conversation with the right prayers, with the right response so that we can have winning relationships. So what's coming out of your mouth? Hey, what's coming through your thumbs? Maybe James would have said, and your thumbs for texting, for social media and your fingertips. What's being sent out from you? What, what, what's coming from you? Careless words? Think about your marriage, your family, your friendships, your work. Careless words? Cutting words? Critical spirit? Slander? Gossip you're excusing? Venting anger? Breaking your word? God help us. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of what gets in my mind. And be the Lord of what comes out of my mouth. Amen. Amen. So my high campus pastors, step up and pray over us.
these very prayers. And maybe, maybe just to learn how to stand with truth like a grizzly bear, but treat people like a teddy bear, a tenderness. And if you want to know how to make this more practical, relationships and conflict, next week is part two. Won't that be fun? Come pray for us, guys. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.